What's up, what's up you guys? How you guys doing? Welcome to a new edition of The Bonus Room. I am here with my brother. What's good everybody? It's Steffi in the house. Good morning. Good morning you guys. Oh, it's early today. Today is the it first is. morning episode we're this doing. This is the very first morning edition of The Bonus Room. Whether you're listening to it at night or in the morning, just know that we are recording it in the morning. Yeah, man, we're 24-7 here in the bonus room, but today, man, it's a very special day because we got one of my good friends, man, one of my great friends, actually been friends for a while, Mr. Ed Witty, man. Welcome to the hey. bonus room, bro. Hey, hey, thanks, man. It's so good to be here. You started talking about it, and I'm glad to be here, man. You're doing it every week. You're making it happen. Yes, sir. So Thank you, man. This. I know you've been, a, you've been a fan since the beginning, man, so I really appreciate this love and the support, man, so... I'm glad you're here, you know, so we're going to have some fun today. Yeah, man. So it's funny. Uh, when I initially met you, you were a street performer. You were doing your thing with the drums on Hollywood Boulevard. And, you know, I think a lot of us have always wondered, like, what it's like to be a street performer in Los Angeles and, like, what it is to be a busker because, you know, so we just see them, we enjoy their performance, and then we give them either a dollar or five, and then, you know, we go on our merry way. So... From the perspective of a street performer or previous street performer and busker, um, what was that like and how did you get into that? Give us a little uh, background about what that was and how that happened okay. for you. Okay, so this is what happened. Um, I, I played in bands. I, I started playing drums kind of late and didn't get too, too much into it until I was like 17. I started playing on my sister's drum set and then um, got into playing bands when I was, in, when I was 20. And then when I... It's something that has always been a passion of mine, but because family life and stuff, I always went through a childhood depression, and I was never vocal about it, but it's been a huge passion. So when I finally uh, started making money on the street, playing drums, um, I played bucket drums, and the first summer I didn't make much, but the next one I made uh, um, like a thousand in the first week because I was singing and rapping while I was playing, and it was bucket drums, and they could just see this passion that I had, and finally I was able to do it. And so finally, from me being so low self-esteem and depressed, everything switched around, and I just had this big, huge burst of self-esteem and um, was making all this money that summer doing this music and then took it down to L.A. And since then, I've learned a lot of hard lessons. Because, <laughs> Ed, you're originally from Seattle, right? Seattle, Washington? You're originally from? Yeah, I'm from Seattle. So yeah. this is in Seattle where I started, outside of Bell Square. It's this mall yeah. where there's no other street performers, but me and a bandmate, we played together over there. And um, I was we were making money, like 40 bucks for an hour or so. Nice. And then um, I was doing background vocals, and I realized I could sing while I played on this bucket drum. You can play in the style of a regular drum set. You squeeze it between your feet mm -hmm. and stomp it down. Nice. And cool. that way you don't have to learn any new technique. Is stomping it down like the bass? Yeah. Did I compare? Okay, so it's like the bass drum on a, ba on a drum it, kit. It, okay. You make the same sound as a bass because yeah. it's, it's this hollow sound. It goes boom, yeah. boom. So it's low and it's deep. And you're using the same coordination because you're stomping your foot down. You are also holding the bucket, so you're squeezing yeah. in as you stomp down. Right. But you don't do it on a regular pedal. Okay. 
but everything else is the same because you're just stomping down, making that same kick drum. I saw Five Gallons of Funk do it in Seattle. He's really good. He played outside okay. of the Mariners Stadium and wow. had a huge crowd, and he's making buckets full of cash. I'm like, I got to do this. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's I, awesome. Did you ever meet that guy? Or Yeah, oh, yeah, I met okay. him, and he even um, shared some of his pot with me because we performed together. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I've done that with many street performers. Um, Calypso Tumblers, they get huge crowds. Uh, they make thousands of dollars a day. I did three shows with them. They made $4,500 that day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. And they, but they get huge crowds. You'll see them at Venice Beach by Windward. Uh, that's the street that has the sign, the right. Venice Beach sign. Yeah. The They're one right hanging above on it. Grass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The one hanging above that street. Yeah. That's Windward. Okay. You'll see them there. They get huge crowds. So, yeah, I performed with them in um, Louisiana, in New Orleans. They uh, bought me tickets to go down there. No way. And that's be cool. Their music provider. Yeah. Wow. That must have been a fun experience. It was fun. How'd you like New Orleans? New Orleans? Oh, New Orleans was... Or Nolens. Really I was I was only there for a couple weeks, though, because it turned out they actually didn't need me. <laughs> they, they had oh, really? Because sometimes there's street rules where you can't have, or what do you call it, laws okay. for um, having... Um, street performing? Or? Yeah, street performing. Yeah. I don't know what it technically is, but it's you can't have a, spe- a loud speaker outside. Mm, interesting. They have laws with that. I've gotten um, the police come to me at, on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, where you have a lot of street performers. yeah, yeah. yeah. They've come to me and told me I have to move. And some of them aren't real cops. They're, um, it's like business development department or something. Interesting. And what do they tell you? They just tell you that you can't be here, you're too loud, or... Because yeah, I've seen you like perform they, on Hollywood. They're just like, they can't make any sales. You gotta go. What? But yeah, when you have a big crowd, no one cares. But yeah. you know, when I was starting out, I didn't always have big crowds on Hollywood. Got it, got it. So okay. sometimes wow. I was just practicing and stuff. That's America. If you if you fuck with the money, they, they don't they don't want you a part yeah, yeah. of it. So 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 well, it's free market. I provide more <laughs> value now. I'm a better drummer now. So exactly. <laughs> it is. So at how how old were you when you came down to Los Angeles? When you made that move from Seattle to LA? How old were you? Oh, Seattle to LA. That's when I was about 23. Nice. Uh, because yeah, 23 was when I started uh, bucket drumming. Um, yeah. Was that like, I know, was that like a very a huge decision? Because I know like people must have told you, no, don't go to L.A. Like, did you, how was the adversity dealing with that? How was that? Oh, yeah. OK. So um, my friend um, who I was playing, uh, he was playing guitar uh, while I played uh, drums out on the street. We do little things, uh, singing together, doing some covers. Um, when people know the song, they, they love it and they you attract more of a crowd. Uh, but he told me, he's like, don't go, man. <laughs> it's like, don't go. But no one could tell me otherwise because because I had gone through um, just from being that the guy in the family that's always mellow while everyone else is fighting. Just I just realized at a young age, like sometimes it's better just not say anything, just be quiet. Smart. So I was very quiet, and then I wasn't that musical, but I've always had this passion. So then everything flipped upside down, and I was just so um, proud to have be able to make money playing music that I was like, I'm going. No one's <laughs> stopping me. And yeah, I made the the best I made was three hundred, uh, in Venice and Hollywood, on one day. In one day, but then I made like a thousand in a week. That first nice, okay. Time and so good numbers like that. Okay, cool. That's pretty cool. Um, forgot what I was gonna ask. So, as a street performer in LA, um, what was something you noticed right away that was different from Seattle? Like in terms of like audience or like vibes or like maybe the tips you were getting. What was the what was the one thing you noticed about the difference from street performing in LA and in Seattle? 
That's a good question. Okay, so that brings up because I was like doing this thing. The whole idea was it's very minimalist. You know, you just use a bucket and you can right. make the same sound. It's functionally the same as a drum set, but it's only five dollars at a department store. So then, <laughs> or whatever. Compared compared to like two hundred plus dollars for yeah. an actual drum set, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, but then I would also just like be minimalist in like my appearance and stuff, just wearing like, baggy clothes and stuff. And shirtless and too. Yeah. Oh, I, shirtless. Yeah, obviously shirtless. Oh, it was too hot videos, for yeah. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you seen those? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. At Venice Beach, especially, and but also just crazy hair, man. Just I always mm-hmm. say crazy hair because like Seattle people are more hippie-ish, so I was. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was cool for me, but in LA it's a lot different. I remember when I first saw like a uh, older guy with like a really combed beard, I was like whoa, he's like a really cool dad. <laughs> you don't see that in Seattle. Looks professional. At least back in the day. <laughs> what was the most craziest, craziest experience you had uh, on, on the street, either in Venice or in Hollywood? Uh, I mean, things that come to mind are um, uh, homeless people that are really strung out and they just need love and they, they are attracted to the music mm-hmm. um, and they hang out and like it, part of like me performing, I, it felt very cool to be able to, you know, have be that whatever. If they were like sitting next to me, but they were facing the other way, like why not? It's it's awesome. They're benefiting so much from it, and there's like a big crowd. But sometimes they would come in and dance like really close, right? And so like there was a balance that is tricky. But homelessness is a problem, and we don't have to we don't have to have people fighting to survive like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely agreement. It's, yeah. It's a better way. Yeah. So they never like try to hassle you or anything. Usually they're yeah. pretty chill and just want to trouble. No, sometimes they'd be like, hey, baby, I want to <laughs> dance. <laughs> well, I'm like, no, I got to go. Sometimes I would have to just dip out of there, especially yeah. if I was, hadn't started the crowd yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because then it's not as official, you know. Okay. And then they're like, what are they doing with this? Um, oh, unfortunate. Yeah. Well, what were key things in like, getting a crowd like were there certain things you would do to kind of like get people's attention or um was it kind of just natural you just started drumming and then people just naturally just oh, started a whole noticing. science to it yeah yeah could you explain whole... that okay so well i can't give away too many secrets but I'll okay, okay yeah. the general gist exactly okay so what happens if you do like a party trick and you start with your the craziest party trick and then after that if you don't do something as crazy, people yeah. are gonna be not be as interested. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. It's like on a decline, people just get yeah. less and less interested. It's because of perceptual contrast. That's from influence the psychology of persuasion. Um, it's on Ty Lopez's list. You should nice. check it out. Okay. Um, but if you put your left hand in cold water and your right hand in warm water, and then you put them both in the middle bucket, yeah, that's it's the same bucket of water. It's lukewarm. Yeah. But to your left hand that was in the cold water, it feels really hot. Your right hand that was in the hot water, it feels really cold. Ah. And so anything perception. that's yeah perceptually yeah. contrasted to the one before it mm-hmm. has such a huge effect. <laughs> so yeah, that's the general gist. Okay, so it's about kind of building up hype. And then once you have that hype built, that's when you come off with like the the climax of the performance, I guess. Because I've seen that. I've, whenever I've been in the street in multiple different cities, there's always a street performer. like, all right, everyone gather around, gather around. They're trying to get everyone like interested. Like, hey, come check this out. We're about to do something crazy. They build hype, build hype, build hype. And sometimes the performance lives up to the, hi- the hype. Sometimes it doesn't. And then you could tell always 
buy if it was worth it or not. The crowd like stays and cheers and tips, or people are just like pissed and they just like, all right, that was a waste of two minutes, and they just leave right away. So is that kind of what the gist is? You kind of just build the hype up, get people to gather around, and then you come with the show, and then. Is that how it happens? You already know. It's, it's like all sales, man. It's all okay. interesting. You have to, anything you want to sell, you, anything that you want to convince someone, you're using psychological principles doing it. That's true. Anything. Yeah. And if, if, if sometimes it comes off salesy, it's because you're focused too much on it and not the other person. And if it doesn't come off salesy, it's because you know you can just explain the mutual benefit. But so what they would do is, yeah, before make, raking in the money, they'd be like, all right, this guy's from Tennessee. He got a $100 bill. Represent everyone. Make some, money, uh, make some noise for Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> I've sense. seen that. Like, yeah. where are you from? Where are you from? And they're like, Alabama. Like, oh, we got Alabama in the house. And it's like, that's it awesome. interest. <laughs> that's but that is cool. It's fun. And people love it. That's true. That's yeah, because most of the people you see probably in Hollywood so and Venice. So I, I kind of based off my, my show based on that a little bit. I would do a, a flip tricks with the sticks. Right. So I'd start with just right hand. Uh, like when the ca- crowd would say right hand, I'd flip the right one. Yeah. When they said left hand, I'd flip the left one. Okay. And then together would be both. Oh. And then amplified with the singing at the same time, that would be the. That's the just another element of, yeah. of like, yeah, oh, cool, do. this guy's really creative. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> wow. So, um,. From street performing and busking, and now you're teaching kids how to drum. Yeah. What's that like? Yeah. Okay. So because like that story I was telling you about how a mm-hmm. lot of depression and then, so I know like what it's like not to be like listened as a kid. Cause that's why I was like right. really quiet. And so like biggest thing when I'm teaching these lessons, I listen to them so carefully. And a lot of times it might take a kid a while to say something. A lot of parents would be like, Oh, they like try so hard to help. They'll like, come in like, Oh, you're trying to say this. You're trying to say this. I'm like just shut up. Yeah. Wow. Um, Ty-, Ty Lopez says TNS. TNS. Talking shut Talk up. Talking shut up. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> who, who's Ty Lopez? Just for and the so people who don't I'm know. So quiet. Ty Lopez yeah. is an entrepreneur. Um, he does classes. Um, okay. For studying. Yeah. He's he's, a, he's an entrepreneur, like on YouTube or. No, just in general. He just uh, teaches people. He owns a bunch of businesses, and he just pe- oh, teaches gotcha. people about sales and different kinds of things. So me and Ed are studying him a little bit. So we um, we talk about him a lot, and uh, we learned a lot That's of good stuff, stuff about marketing and all this good stuff. So. So cool. yeah, during the lessons, I use that and like. But I, I'll listen exactly what they like. This one student who has uh, their parents have a lot of problems, like getting him to do stuff, and he's taking like lessons twice a week, and he doesn't even really like it. But I finally figured out what he really likes is battle rapping. He gets wow. so into it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he puts me to shame because you know he's a little kid. I, I let him win and say like, "What did he say?" He's like, "I'm so good, I flow like water, and you're such a loser. You don't have a daughter." I'm like, "Oh, oh damn, oh, <laughs> damn." <laughs> Yeah, but I hyped him up too. Wow! <laughs> Drop the mic. And then I, I just accept. I'm like, I can't try to compete. I'm gonna do something. Come on, man! You can't let him do you like that. Ed. I would have came back and be like, Hey, I don't know, but <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something. But I did say I'm gonna come back next time. So yeah, make it even and well, challenge him. Tell me more about this kid. Where um, where does he live and all that? I mean, oh yeah, I can't. He, he's from I don't want to yeah, talk yeah, too much yeah. about it, but just like in general. Okay, and then another one is um battle jams okay so one of my students who's a little younger he's really in superheroes he picks a superhero there's a certain rhythm for the superhero every day he has a different supervillain it's like doomsday is the final supervillain to this eight-month program we got next game is to be around the world where he chooses his genre and it all adds up points that are multiples of god okay quarter notes eighth notes so you stack up these points and it makes like a video game kids love that wow <laughs> they're so addicted to video games yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's crazy it's yeah, huge yeah. Right now. 
Uh, my girlfriend's nephews like love video games. Like they're always on their tablets, Fortnite. always on their phones. You know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I think I used to play a lot of video games as a kid, but now it's just like it's so accessible with like a tablet. Like you can play video games at IHOP, play video games like in a car. So it's like it's crazy attention span of children nowadays. And so I think it's really cool that there's still kids out there who are willing to put the tablet or put the phone down and, and learn something like an art, like drumming. And I think that's yeah. what's so cool about teaching music. And that's something like I've always wanted to like kind of teach music to kids because I, I know the benefit it's had on my life and the things that not even like, it doesn't even have to relate to music. It's just like for me anyways, the ability to understand a completely different language, like music, like meaning that you can comprehend almost anything that's almost foreign to you as long as like you put work into it. And then, you know, with music, especially, uh, Yes, it, it's really hard at first, you know, and I'm sure you deal with that all the time. Kids who kind of struggle with it initially and they don't think they can do it. They're, or they, they're like, dang, like, I'm not I'm not as good as like you. And they kind of like um, doubt themselves. But then once they keep practicing and practicing and they see the growth and progression as an artist, mm -hmm. I think that's the most beautiful thing. Because right. then you finally hear it all come together and like, damn, all those hours and time put into crafting my my art is now finally coming to fruition. Uh -huh. So it's. So tell us what that's like, that, what that's that, like for you. That is it at its at its essence. That yeah. is so true. Yeah, because I mean that's what music is. It's an art, and the it's, more you work on it, the better. Yeah, and that, over, yeah, overcoming challenges, worries if you're not good enough, and anything like you said, it, it crosses over. Right. And that's the positive feedback loop. You yeah. put hard work in, you get something good out of it. Exactly. But if, when you're younger, if you don't get that chance, you haven't built that positive feedback loop. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to understand. I think it's hard to comprehend that as a kid. You know, especially when it's something like music, because with video games, you just click replay and you, restart. Know, you restart and you can do it over and over. And, it, you know, and then you win a challenge or you, win, or you have some sort of accomplishment in the game. It's like, OK, but like when it's music and you can hear something that you're creating, I think that's just I think that's just beautiful. And that's why I think music is so important for kids, especially nowadays, because, you know, it it, it 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 trains the mind differently than it does like what video games can do now. And yeah. so I think what you do with kids now and teaching them how to have rhythm, teaching them how to drum, because drumming is hard. There's a lot of musicians I know who don't really have rhythm, but they can play the hell out of a violin, you know? Yeah. Having rhythm is something that's really tough and not all, you think, for some people you think, oh, I was just born this way, which for a lot of people it's true, but for a lot of other people, like they just, they don't have rhythm. They can't yeah. snap their fingers consistently, you know, yeah. to a steady beat. It's really hard it's to teach that. Um, have you felt, you face so certain kind of obstacles with kids when you've taught um, when oh, you've yeah. taught them. Oh uh, yeah, from teaching classes in LA school district, I found that it's like one in every twenty or so. It's just like it's kind of impossible in a way. Right. But then there are other students that it's kind of possible if you take the time, because uh, some of it's nervousness mm -hmm. that then creates a negative feedback yeah. loop. You know, you're nervous when you perform. And people's make fun of you or whatever, you right? Get weird looks, and then you feel bad and you don't perform good. So that's why I try never to discriminate and say, "Oh, they're just tone deaf and be like, yeah. can't teach them." <laughs> but it's it's yeah. hard sometimes when they're yeah. not as good. Like another student, and it could be a, like a uh, subconscious bias, you know, when you're yeah. teaching. Mm -hmm. So I try to be aware of that very well. But a lot of times, the kids that are so good, they just like uh, want to be able to learn more, and they can learn it faster. Right. So yeah. With that being said, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it, it does. And I think 
in my experience, when I was playing music in like elementary school and middle school, like I was the one who kind of progressed faster. And as a kid, I was kind of like, damn, like I want to learn more. I want to do more. And yeah, I'm kind of being held back by this kid who can't get his notes right. But I think eventually, like you said, the more work you put in, the more work you get out. And like, I just, those kids eventually became good. And, you know, um, when I was in band learning how to play, uh, I play like two or three different instruments and each time at the beginning I felt like oh man I I should have just stuck with my clarinet like I don't know why I moved to alto saxophone or I don't know why <laughs> I moved to oboe I don't know why I moved like to piano <laughs> right. and guitar every time at the beginning I was like man like I should just stuck with my clarinet but yeah, then yeah. after a little bit once you get over that self doubt and those mental barriers and you keep practicing and practicing and practicing yeah. it finally comes to fruition yeah. and uh for some people, like you said, it's a lot easier and they can pick up, pick it up faster. For others, it's hard. And I think it's just like being able to like tell those kids like, hey, you can get through yeah, this. You, you just got to keep pushing, keep practicing, keep, keep yeah. practicing because all these things just take time. And, and yeah, and any of that, even if they're not meant to do music, just overcoming those barriers in, and especially if it's an area where they're very nervous, if they can yeah. overcome that. That's a that's a weakness that then they can be stronger in, yeah, yeah, and develop in other areas. Yeah, and performance anxiety is a thing. Uh, and another one. Oh, it's such a thing. I've yeah. had it the most. Like I've I had it too. I was really yeah. low self esteem. <laughs> yeah, but I did the street performance thing in the beginning when I did it. I was just looking down. I was like, right. just go out there. I was telling myself I was walking out there with this bucket. Like, who's yeah. this crazy guy with the bucket? But I, and I was like <laughs> looking down. I, I, I've been that crazy guy for a little bit. But you no, prove you yourself, could. and then you're a little less. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little less. It's about you know some of the best business ideas. Yeah, you gotta prove your, Wim Hof. Everyone thought he was crazy. Check him out. Okay. But point being that I had my head down. Finally, when I got my first dollar, I was nice. like. And then I kind of like was like, am I going to be making money like this? And, wow. then, and then I got another dollar and I was like, oh, yeah. And then it just helps the confidence. I smiled. Huh? I looked up and then I got more. And yeah, the confidence. It's the it builds up. feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. put something in that's hard and then you get stuff out of it. And it keeps you going. But if you're really nervous, it's hard, a lot harder to do. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I think anyone who's ever had to like either public speak or perform, whether it's through acting or some order, some other uh, form of art. I remember my first musical performance, I was nervous as hell. And like, I barely played and I squeaked a couple of times and I thought the whole world hurt me. And, yeah. but the more I did it, the more I became comfortable with it. And I realized later that just by performing in music, whenever I had to do, when I had to take a public speaking course in college, it was a lot easier for me to get up in front of everyone and speak because yeah. I'm, I was already used to being in front of people, front of people. and, and doing something for them, you know? So I think it's very important for kids learn at a young age that way they have self-confidence growing up that way they know like hey like i am fearless i can go in front of a crowd and i can either bang this drum yeah. or play this guitar or sing my heart out whether yeah. i'm good or not you know yeah i can do it that confidence yeah that confidence i think that confidence can be used in multiple facets of life that's why i think like self-affirmations are so good mm -hmm. and they can become so musical yeah like, i've been doing this while i jog i right. say um Ain't no stopping a man with a purpose. Ain't no stopping a man with a purpose. And I'll just nice. keep saying hey. it to myself. I'll and it pushes you harder and harder. And then, huh? yeah, with the workout, then it's both, um, you know, encouraging each other more and the positive yeah. feedback because you get confidence from one that feeds into the other and then flows back. <laughs> As a performer, do you, do you still feel like sometimes you get that performance anxiety, even though you've done it so many times so now? So many times. Still, performance anxiety? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do because, like I told you, 
with my with my mom she would talk a lot she mm-hmm. was kind of like i was kind of her emotional baggage so i was always just listening like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> what does she need now what does she need <laughs> right i never did didn't develop a voice so like in my high school choir i was more like vocal outgoing you were in choir uh, high school choir oh yeah I was singing, nice uh, circle of life cool. i remember everyone's like wow you can sing we didn't know you could sing that's <laughs> awesome yeah <laughs> yeah and then, no no um, acapella groups but then i found it a little bit no acapella mm. I could see you in an acapella group. The way you can... I've heard you beatbox, bro. That might, hey, that might be something we have to... Yeah, see, that's hey. exactly what I'm talking about, bro. Uh, yo, we Sit should... I'm, I'm, I know. I'm kind of I'm kind of down to start an acapella group. That, that, that may be something... That may be something we, we might have to start, you know? Because I've, I've always loved that kind of stuff. But anyway, go ahead. So you were yeah. in high school. Oh, yeah. And, high yeah. school. And then... Um, so nervousness, a little overcome then. But then I got a little more... Um, what do you call it? It's uh, away from music, uh, trying to figure out to play a little guitar and trying to figure out studies and what I was going to do in my life. But then when I found street performing, then it was just a done deal because I was making money doing it. But even street performing, especially when I didn't have big crowds, that was a huge negative feedback loop because you don't have the crowd and then you feel more down and then you don't have a crowd because you feel down. Because <laughs> you, you feel like it's crowd. you. It's you. You're yeah, the reason yeah. that you well, don't have the crowd. The best crowd. thing to do, and this is uh, Johnny Moktig does this, uh, he told me about this. Um, you just play for like at least an hour. At least you just have that hour set as just right. for you and having okay. fun. Okay. Like practicing. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I did that, that's when yeah, it's like practicing, but in front of people. Okay. So. You don't want to do boring stuff, but. And then would, when you would do that hour, After would you, you get notice? To that hour, you're in this state of mind where you just happy have this happiness for yourself. So Guys. you don't care. So, so you don't care. Yeah. You're just playing. And you, when you do it from your for yourself and you have um, you put your heart into it, everyone loves that. And they're attracted, and that's how you get the big crowds. It's the vibes, man. We can pick up on it. You know, people vibes. just pick up on vibes. And if they see someone that looks genuine and, and as you say, like true and natural, we're attracted to that. Because mm-hmm. you can't force stuff, you know? Yeah. Just like, I think, like you said, are like kids who find it difficult to play, uh, I think they're overthinking. I've, I've been a victim of it as well. Sometimes I'll over, I would overthink a solo and then completely fuck it up because I'm overthinking it instead of just like, letting it naturally happen like be reassured in my practicing being reassured in my ability to like do rhythms because i was i was in uh afro-cuban drumming ensemble in college and i was in charge of the tempe or i forgot what it was i should know what the name was it wasn't a clave it was it was like a it was like a little brick that would i would hit with two drumsticks and i had to keep this consistent rhythm throughout because then everyone will build off on that. And so during the, like whenever we would practice, sometimes I'd overthink it. And then, but I noticed if I would like groove. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if I'd move mm-hmm. my body yeah. and just groove with it yeah. and move my hips, it would just come out so much more naturally. Yeah. Instead of if I was ah. just stiff, just thinking, thinking, all right, come on, let me, uh, yeah. all right, da, 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 da. And I was like, uh-huh. and it just happened so like naturally. And, yeah. I, and when it's I did, no mind. is that what it's called? No mind. It's a Buddhist concept from okay. ancient Sanskrit texts. It's like it's vipassana. They talk about no mind, where you completely turn your mind off, mm. and you, f- what you how to do it. You have to think about what you feel when you're that feeling is. something. Yes, you, your mind turns off. So that's why music. Yeah, when you listen to music. Your emotions. You just feel your emotion. You feel whatever you feel when you listen yeah. to music. Yeah, Everyone exactly. Has that feeling. You start grooving. You start. Or dancing. when you exercise, also. Right. Yeah, that can, yeah, because you're feeling the pain. Yeah. That's why I can't exercise without music. Like, there's been times where I get to the gym and I left my headphones. And I, I'm like, all right, I'm not working out today. I can't work out with no music. 
because I need that music. I need like the sense of rhythm. Like I listen to a lot of EDM to have that consistent like 128 BPM yeah. to keep me running or High keep pace. me working out, you know. And uh, but yeah, that stuff about no mind. It's so true because once, like you said, once I got out of my head and I felt it in my body, everything just came so much more naturally. And I wasn't overthinking. I was like, I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, and I think that's what's super cool about music. And for me, anyway, like. When when uh whenever I listen to to new songs, I always tell people like you know I don't even realize what the lyrics are saying until like maybe the tenth or twentieth time I've heard it. That's why for me hip hop like a lot of people are like damn did you hear that verse like did you see how crazy that was I was like damn honestly I was just so caught up in the beat. In the beat yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. when I listen to music, my mind is just shut off, and yeah. then I'm just letting my emotions and like my body like take over whatever i'm hearing and it's not until like i concentrate and listen for the lyrics or actually read them that i realize what they're saying exactly yeah, yeah, and that's what's like i think that's what's cool about music for me anyway yeah. but i know there's other people who like listen to music and they're just focused on the lyrics and like they yeah. hear everything they say probably they they rap a little bit or they write. yeah they're, they're like, lyricists maybe they're more yeah. visual and what do you call it? left brain and versus right brain right different uh, aptitudes people have but but no, yeah, feeling, just feeling that rhythm. That's yeah. that feeling, like we were saying, you can, you can connect to, to turn mm -hmm. your mind off. Rhythm, like it's funny, some scientists like John Medina in Brain Rules, he does, he, they don't know the fundamental aspect of rhythm. I mean, of music, which is rhythm. Yeah. Because think about it, if you have like this, you don't have any tone in it. Nope. But you can still groove. You can still groove. Still, it still feels good. Yeah. But this is a tone without any rhythm to it. But even that evokes a certain emotion just by hearing it. See, you wanted to add the yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were waiting for it. I was okay, like, it right. does it does evoke something, but yeah. I just feel like this is a little more fun. And oh it's yeah. More easier it's the heartbeat. And yeah. get into your flow. Yeah. yeah. Rhythm is a heartbeat to, to to sound in music. You know, without without a heart, you're dead. I think that's from drumline. That is from in, in the movie Drumline when they're uh, when they talk yeah, about a good movie. because uh, they, Nick Cannon goes to the band camp and then they separate everyone into their instruments so the rhythm section the horn section the tuba section and then they kind of give you like little because uh, the camera uh, goes into every group and you hear the group leader say horns we are the voice we are the boom we are this and then the flute section is like we are the soul we are this and then you go to the drum the the rhythm section and the leader just like he's clapping he's like alright everyone clap with me. He's like, all right, now stop clapping. We're dead. <laughs> We're the heartbeat. We're the heartbeat. Yeah, he's like, without without a heartbeat, you're dead. And so I yeah. think that's true for music, you know? Like, without, you can have music without rhythm, but if it's just a tone, that's that's no rhythm. If, if you have numerous notes on an instrument, but there's not necessarily, like, a drum section, there's still rhythm because it's the rhythm of the notes that, that are being played by the instrument. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I went instead of duh, Yeah, duh, duh, exactly. Because that's when there's a rhythm. Involved. Yeah, that's when there's a rhythm. So if you just play a certain tone, it just sounds like noise, even though all noise is considered music. So, Ed, in relation to rhythm and frequencies, um, recently I used, I went on YouTube and I typed in Power Naps by NASA and it played this type of frequency and for 26 minutes, like, I was just, I felt really, I felt, in, I felt into sleep, right? I, I laid asleep, but then I woke up really refreshed and awake, like ready to go. So can you talk to me more about frequencies and 
and how you use them and and all that because it definitely helped me with that power nap so anyone listening go to go to youtube type in power naps by uh, nasa and you'll get a good nice little 26 minute nap in okay talk to me more about that sleep is so crucial right um okay yeah so in general um uh like frequencies are a good way to get your brain waves at a lower frequency yeah so that you're seeing things more holistic and bigger perspective as opposed to like when you know when you're more stressed out your brain waves are going faster and kind of thinking about a lot of details really quick but you're not getting like a good answer that solves more of the problem interesting okay. so when you're on that frequency in your brain it calms you down and when you're calm you think more clearly awesome and your brain waves throughout different parts of your brain are in tune with each other so like the crests match up with the crest of the wave you know the sine wave got it like wavy vibrations you're talking about here yeah all of the crests match up and all of the valleys and the dips match up <laughs> no way you're, you're in tune with they're synchronized they're synchronized got exactly. it. so like should more people look into that like like obviously everyone should try to take a nap a day you know if you have you know 20 minutes or something but like, do you recommend, do you tell this to your students or like, cause this, this helps, man. Like I would think that this helped like everyday people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it helps just to go like this. Like mm-hmm. you can listen to that if you want to, but we always have access to music. You know, I play on bucket drums and sometimes I just get my students warmed up by just making noise and not caring if they mess up. Yeah. And then, you know, the combination of all those things, the making the frequency uh, that you're creating, your cre- your creativity is stimulated and productivity. And, okay. And then, yeah, just get your frustrations out, your emotions. Got it, okay. So, I don't know. Sometimes it's a little too, like, nerded out on, like, you have to listen to this exact frequency. Mm. If you're not listening to this exact one, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Okay. This is the real one or whatever. Interesting. But, you know, everything is so important. Like, all of these things, like, no one's reinventing the wheel. Got it. So, like, I should even try that now. So. <laughs> is there a specific frequency you like to listen to? Like, well, I here? just don't do it because I can't. When I, when I try to sleep, I can't do it. Ear, Got it. Ear okay. Buds in my ears. Yeah. Just be earplugs. Earplugs? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Because I, I just play it on the phone. Like, I don't even, you know, like. You just play it on the phone. It's it. Yeah. I didn't even use headphones or nothing. and just. Yeah. I've done white noise. Oh, yeah. White noise. That helps me. White because, noise. Because, yeah, white noise. You just have it in the background. It's like, shh. And it's really calming. What Stefan does that with the fan? N- no, I think uh, it's when you say white noise, I think <laughs> the TV is just on. Isn't that compared? Like yeah, you that's just have exactly the TV. What white noise is. Like Shh. yeah, people. It sounds weird. Like yeah, it's annoying, but it's. But people fall asleep with like the TV on, and then once you I lower do. it, once you lower it or turn it off, like they'll wake up. I've noticed that. Like my mom loves falling asleep with the TV on, and I just I don't know how I feel about it. I just everyone's I need, different. I. My mind is, is, for some reason, at night is racing, and um, I noticed that if I listen to something, like, it's, it can't be music, because I used to be able to fall asleep to music, but now if I, if I fall asleep listening to music, I'm too into the songs. Hmm. I'm, like, fucking either vibing. What if it's classical, though? Because I fall asleep with classical I, I f- music. Dude, I fuck with classical heavy, so I'll just be there, like, like, you know, I'm like, oh, that shit's dope. I'm, like, getting down to it. So, no, I can't, I can't fall asleep to music. It has to be... Um, either a TV show or like a podcast where like people are talking and that kind of like I'm listening to them and that kind of calms my mind down where I can just like fall asleep. It, I've, it's been that way for the past like two years for me. Like every night I need to like have something on in order for me to fall asleep. Yeah, wow. everyone's got yeah. their own thing. 
Yeah. Like, in, during the day, for, like, naps, I, I don't know how, and I can literally just, like, fall asleep, like, just, like, in the, in the mid-afternoon. But at night, for some reason, my mind is just running, and I just need something to, like, drown it out. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, um, there's so many things. Oh, I was leaning back in the chair. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so many things. Like, since since my concussion, my contusion, it was brain bleeding, so it affected, I have this little bit of my brain got affected and so i can't sleep that good so because of that i uh i've tried everything and all i know is that like just trying out different things uh, i found stuff i didn't think i liked earplugs at first because they're kind of annoying yeah but then i just tried them and now i'm like i can't sleep without them <laughs> crazy stuff so uh you mentioned to us earlier that uh when you came to la to street perform you noticed the competition was much harder in la um and that because of that you learned a lot of hard lessons what, what lessons did you learn Ooh, that's a deep question okay so lessons like you know you're talking about when you're teaching kids right and overcoming challenges yeah like i had a lot of lows where i didn't get as much crowds mm -hmm. um, because the competition um and then also because then when i didn't get the crowd then i was like oh man is it me you know the psych psychological thing and then, but I still forced myself to do it. So what I, I had this mindset of work harder, like work hard, work hard, but you want to work smart. You got to work smart, not hard. So if like you're working hard and things are just like, like kind of chaotic in your brain, like it's hurting, you want to take a break and rest and then figure out a better answer and come back at it. But I was just grinding hard, hard, hard. And it wasn't until like I learned how to meditate and stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. No worries. Now I'm getting too close. Uh, meditate uh, am I loud enough uh, meditate then everything like just came together because uh, yeah okay yeah so I learned how to meditate I learned reading I wasn't a good reader before but now I'm really into reading and then um, yeah the meditation is clearing your head and it's the best for performing like when you're performing you have to be able to clear your head right and um, so that's Why is that, that flow state when you're clear okay so that's so you're not overthinking you're not not overthink okay so it just flows naturally and everything is just a lot easier yeah okay now when you uh when you met the other competition who of the street performers was there any like any towards of like animosity towards each other was there any like no i learned from the like i was telling you the yeah. clips of tumblers i perform with them uh all that whole concept of building up your show i learned from uh sid um he uh does a break dancing type of show with the same concept of drawing the crowd um he's, he's really good and what else i perform with johnny mocktig he uh i work with him um that's how we started the bucket drumming classes um nice and, uh, yeah so i teach kids uh well not, not now because it's covid but uh with the bucket drums you can learn like we were talking about earlier yeah so um yeah a lot of good things came out of it so it's 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 not really like a competitive atmosphere it's more of like a communal like everyone kind of helps each other out there's no one like saying hey this is my block oh like, yeah that aspect yeah definitely oh yeah really okay. <laughs> oh yeah so sure. there's definitely people who are kind of territorial and yeah like the clips of tumblers would just like when i first got there mm -hmm. I, I had to learn the rules and stuff so i just like planted my stuff down and just started doing my thing but then when they come in you know they're gonna get a huge crowd so they they have this huge pa system and they just put it right there. And then if you don't leave, they'll just put the music on. Damn, so they just kind of drown you out. They drown you out. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. And then they get good crowds and make all this money. And 
But no one was ever like, nobody was ever vicious or anything. Like, hey, you better get the fuck out of here. Like, nah, it's 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 more it's more just like, all right, like you know, we're just gonna drown you out. You know, those are there's probably definitely vicious times that I don't even talk about anymore. Okay, (laughs) okay, you know, I feel you because I've always wondered what what that's like. I mean, you've seen it like in movies, like among homeless people. You've seen like, hey, like you know, this is my this is my pandering street you know you got to get another street so yeah. I, I was wondering if that was the same way as it was uh, in general people are nice yeah yeah in general people are really nice because they're all artists but everyone's trying to make money yeah so like people will complain like man you're messing my show you got to leave they would tell me to leave um but i just say no man i'm i'm here making my this is my thing i'm making my money you're making your money mm-hmm. and um yeah it's a free market <laughs> yeah that's what it is america free market that's nice, that's nice. cool and um so tell us a little bit about what you do with the kids, like how you got into that and what's that like for you? Oh, yeah, with the kids. Okay, so, um, yeah, just in general, I'm just like really good with kids. And yeah. I, f- I figured out why recently. I mean, as I, you know, you tell us, learn tell more us, more yeah. more, is because um, I get on their level, like really on their <laughs> level. That's cool. Okay. Like, and the, the biggest thing is shut up and listen. Like, if a kid's kind of, like, doing something, like, getting really distracted, mm-hmm. kind of follow what is distracted. Because he's so into it that that's why he's not listening. It's not that he's trying to ignore you. Yeah. He's so involved. And you got to imagine what it's like to be a kid. They're like, whoa. In their eyes, yeah. like, oh, my. They yeah. can't hear what you're saying if it's something boring. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So you're like, whoa. You're just like, whoa, that is huge or whatever. So and as so, a teacher, how do you adapt to that? Yeah, so as a teacher, you get on their level. And so, you know, like, if you're talking to someone who's mad, you want to kind of be, like, angry with them. This is, um, like, negotiators will talk about doing this stuff. And you want to be in tune with them or anytime, yeah, you want to connect with someone, build rapport or whatever. You want to be in tune with them. So, like, if they're, like, distracted, you want to kind of be distracted. But then you can bring it back. Um, so that's, like, younger kids. But then, like, I have a 17-year-old student who um she's like a little not sometimes not that confident about it because she kind of feels nervous she's like feels yeah. awkward like but then her cousin was over there and he was kind of like clowning on her or just like watching and i'm like man you come on and show us if you got anything and then he came up and they were jamming together he played the kick drum part where she did the snare drum and then it, it like melted it broke the ice you know and she felt more comfortable her cousin who she knows they're playing together and it's easier and you know, it, it's about a vibe. Like yeah. Mm, Electromagnetic yeah. vibe. And jamming's the best, man. Jamming with other musicians, you know, it just kind of builds confidence and it just sounds amazing, you know? Different sounds coming together to form one. It's, it's yeah. the best. So, is it, are you teaching them, um, like, what is the type of drumming that you're teaching them? Like, are they working with buckets and stuff? Is well, that what you're teaching they're them? Te- they're learning drum set. Every okay. single one of my students is learning drum set. Yeah. Okay. And so, then, you teach them how to play on a drum set. Yeah, I teach them how okay. to play on a drum set. Almost every single one of them has uh, a lot of them electric drum sets, but that's the same thing, exactly the okay. same. Uh, sometimes I'll start a student with bucket drums because they don't have a drum set yet. Right. But I think right now, even the one that started with, uh, he started with a practice pad, so that's like if you're just practicing the same thing, mm-hmm. you don't want to make a lot of noise, it's just really quiet on the pad. Right. Um, he started with that, but now they even have a drum set. Um, so yeah, it's all a drum set. But I'll I'll bring my buckets to the students' houses and I'll play along with them. Like I'm playing at the same time, make it fun. We can jam. Yeah, right. I'll bring yeah. my keyboard. I play keys. Rap battling with one of my students. One of the battle jams that I'm doing with another student is like now after he beats the superhero one. Yeah. He's gonna get this whole award thing, and then the next game is around the world. 
where um, he's going to um, he's going to be playing while play by ear this time instead of watching me play the drums he has to jam off of me playing keys. Oh, interesting. But it's point system that's like, kind of like a video game. Got it. That's built up of multiples of quarter notes and eighth notes. <laughs> wow, that's dope. Yeah, it's like four hundred points. Yeah. For each um, of the four genres, then it's sixteen hundred points, like quarter notes, okay. notes. So you kind of frame it in like play. a game, and then yeah. that way they yeah. they feel like they're earning points towards like something. Yeah. So they can keep going and stuff. That's dope. Yeah. And then I also teach Tom Sawyer to my one of my students too. It's not just fun stuff. Tom Sawyer, you know the drums on that one. It goes from seven eight to to fifteen sixteen wow. to four four. He's one. He's like Neil Pert, the drummer, is one of the top ranked on almost every list. Him and John Bonham. Mm. Neil Pert is from what band? From Rush. It's Rush. this really nerdy band. Like the yeah, singers, yeah, like yeah. Nah, 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 nah. yeah. <laughs> I've I've never really listened to their music, but I've heard of that name a bunch all, of times. Yeah. They like do these odd times time signatures. Okay. That are really virtuoso. Kind of like uh, a Grateful like, Dead kind of thing. Uh, it wasn't Grateful Dead really experimental like that. Like they would just oh work yeah with different, yeah like in a jam way. Yeah. They had those like jams. Theirs was very all. improvised. And yeah, they were and constantly improvised. changing like scales. This one's less improvised, it's more scripted because it has to be exactly okay. seven beats, which is an odd time and it feels weird. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, wow. three, four. It's weird. So the jam bands like uh Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead, Almond Brothers. Yeah. Like that Leonard Skinner, they would do jams. Freebird yeah. at the end Free of the Longest yeah. solo ever. But that's all four <laughs> four. <laughs> that's true. It is. So they're not working with different time scales like rushes. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, when you teach these kids, is it like in a group setting or is it one-on-one? One-on-one. It's one-on-one. So you lessons. go to their house? I go to their house or I do online uh, lessons, especially now for COVID. So is that yeah. how you've adjusted to like the pandemic oh, where yeah. now it's just through like a Zoom meeting or a FaceTime kind of thing? Yeah, it's FaceTime. And I can even play music with them across, even with the delay. I'll yeah. play piano and they can jam with me. Um, okay. I compensate for the delay because, you know, it comes in late. Their singer right. comes in late. Right, right. But if you know they're going to come in on year two because they're going to come in a little late, you just make the mental compensation and understand their pattern is just over here, but it's still consistent. Well, that's hard. That is. Yeah, that's cool. I know you were having trouble with that beginning, right? Remember we were talking about it, but then you got used to it because it was a transition from like in person to now online so is the transition better like it's easier like you well it's good it expanded my repertoire as a businessman okay exactly yeah it's it's helping you now right so business is booming right now well it's important yeah well yeah it's important um to provide value when value is needed especially during these times i just want to be the best that i can be at motivating kids it's gonna be hard to motivate kids right now yeah and um that's kind of like part of my mission statement as a person business to to like eliminate as much depression as I can and make people feel as confident as possible. Now, are you teaching them rhythms or are you also teaching them how to read music? Like sheet music. Is that part of the yeah, sheet music? Okay. Um, so it's all customized. So I, I'll I like Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. I've written out the notes for her. Okay. And it's also adapted. She's not learning every single like 128th note and stuff. Right. Um, but so yeah, it'll be customized for her and all my students. We have a level up system. So that's like a fun like game way of doing di- a lot of different beats. It goes all the way up to level 100, and I just play a 30-second note subdivided hip-hop, like trap-style dubstep beat. Wow. That they're all like, whoa, I want to learn level 100. Yeah. It motivates them, motivation. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that trap that trap is really in right now, that trap-style beat, that dubstep beat. So a lot of – that's probably why they like it. Yeah. 
Mm. About to give mm. me a vibe in right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that once they hear something familiar, they're like, hey, I want to learn that. You know, the motivation for me when I was a kid is like, because when you're a musician, you always have to start off with like hot crust buns or like something really <laughs> yeah, yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah. And then for us, it was uh, the song we were going to play at the end if we completed our class and practice was a Jurassic Park theme. Oh, yeah. So for me, I was like, yo, I, I, I can't wait to play the Jurassic that's Park awesome. theme. You know, like that's that's going to be dope. Did you ever yeah, play that Jurassic Park? Did, did you? Cause yeah, I, uh, one of the concerts we did Jurassic Park. We did. Man, I played some. We did a Lion King theme one year. Yeah. Yes. We did. Because uh, yeah, I played Jurassic Park in, as a solo, a soloist at my school, elementary, Esperanza. Okay. That was one of the first times I really got anxiety, stage fright. Oh but man. man yeah. But once you know, once you just like, because I love the song so much, and then you just close your eyes and you're like, just go do it. Just, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then when you just flow and then when you get into the song, boom, you just forget everything. I feel like when I perform, I forget people are there and I'm just in tune with myself and I just block out people, you know? So, and yeah. I'm just, I just grow. Yeah. So, I just get in yeah. my own mindset. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was one of the first songs I performed a solo, a solo to. And that was big. I think I was like, man, 10 years old difference. doing that, you know? But you felt more confident after? a lot more confident you know but yeah. then when i went <laughs> at the school i transferred to dropped the music program and oh. so i i was a victim where i oh. couldn't continue my music career so oh, it was kind of sad but so um good. but i got back into it uh i got back into i was started playing piano in college so man piano's hard man because mm -hmm. you got the uh, bass clef and the treble clef at the same time mm -hmm. so but yeah, man, learning music's hard. Reading notes—that was my biggest problem. Uh, reading notes and remembering them. Yeah. But does any of your kids struggle with that? Um, the reading, no reading and stuff. Well, yeah, like when I start off, I don't, I don't start off with the like first lesson. Uh, That's good. Student, uh, just like playing their st stuff that they're more familiar with. Like uh, a huge part of it is just psychological. They see something written down, they're like, "Schoolwork, get me away from this. It's torture." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so once you get past that. Um, but you, you were talking about piano written music, and that has yeah. two um, staves, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, clefs, and drums just has one. True, And yeah, it's also very intuitive. It's like the kick drum, it's towards the bottom of the floor, so it's at the bottom of the yeah. staff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the sheet music it's for, for percussion is completely different than like, uh, well, it's not completely different, but it's different in the way the notes are placed and the yeah. way they look, I've noticed. And the way they look, exactly. You have yeah. X for like symbols. X's, yeah. 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 Like a triangle for um hitting a cowbell and open note for uh open hi-hat yeah it's cool you won't see that with piano uh, yeah no, <laughs> you, know, you got like whole notes more. quarter notes exactly. like, yeah. but yeah when you're performing getting into that state where you're you're in your own body like people don't exist at all yeah and that's um i've been reading about this it gets you into the fifth dimension okay so you know like beyond you know you're the present moment like or being in the present moment yeah and you're in the moment that's what we're talking about the flow state right right that's flow when you're in yeah, the flow state by the sound waves, baby. There you go. Hey, talk <laughs> about it, man. I know this is your thing. Flow state by the sound waves. Go okay, ahead. Okay, so, okay, I'll tie it in. Um, so when you're in the present moment, you're beyond um, time, space. So uh, space is the th third dimension, right? All this stuff is th space. And then time is the fourth dimension. Like things are happening over time. Like if it's a movie, it's a whole different thing. And then at the fifth dimension is right in being the very present moment. It's when you're connected with this energy of endless possibilities. Because if you're thinking in memories and of um, three-dimensional stuff or fourth-dimensional stuff, it's of things you already have learned and already know or already expect of the future or already know from the past. 
But when you get to the fifth dimension, you feel this, like we're talking about, stop overthinking and just feel. Yeah. So when you're in that flow, then this amazing alternative answer to your problem, whatever comes. But in order to get there, you have to turn everything off and just know that there's something beyond the three dimension. And it's, it's in every atom, there's um, point zero 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 one. That's how big the electron is. And there's all this space between the electron and the nucleus, right? So all that space is vibes and frequencies. It's invisible stuff. That's the fifth dimension. Wow. wow. Did I have to go that deep? We might want to no, that. No, no, no. That, I that was that. dope, man. I've, I, cause I've never heard of this before. So getting a, you know, a deep explanation of what that is is actually... It's also known as the quantum field or... Um, it's like is that what Ant-Man went into? Field. Didn't he go into the quantum field? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. He did. Was that it? That was the quantum. Yeah. When he, when he gets super, super small. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was like, I, I've heard that, that before. Shout out Marvel for, you know, putting that in my mind. Uh, <laughs> but, but, so uh, flow state yeah. by the sound waves, like in a more practical sense, I should have started with this. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, like, like I was saying, I re- referred to the fact that to get into my zone, I'll go running and then kind of do self-affirmations like nobody can stop me because I got a purpose. So many can stop. And it reminds me, you know, what I'm doing with my life. So I stay focused on what I want and then I'm in the flow. And so I'll uh, do that on a regular basis. And the reason why I, I like it, because another way to get in flow state is meditation. Meditate. And that's but sometimes it's really hard, especially if you're anxious like oh, thinking a lot of stuff, like meditation doesn't really feel good. You're like, I got to think about this. I need to think about this. Interesting. Yeah. Or if like you're in a panic attack, you cannot, like when you're panicking or whatever, you cannot meditate. Um, so like at certain times it's kind of hard, but um, like on a, on a day where you feel like uh, it's kind of hard to meditate, you can at least like, like, I feel just it's easier when I'm cooking, just be like cooking these potatoes and I'm cooking some tomatoes. Nice. <laughs> Even if it's simple, it just gets my engines running. Like my vocabulary and right. just the accessibility of words. And I'm in this flow state where I'm at my higher state of being. Mm-hmm. I can be more pr- productive. Right. And that's the flow state, being in the zone. Dang. Wow. <laughs> so you got to be in the zone. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to try that because the only thing that gets me in the zone is like coffee. And then it like drowns <laughs> out like an hour later. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I think I'm one of those people who, who thinks a lot and it's hard for me to like stop thinking. Yeah. So. Um, but I feel like music is the only thing that like kind of like, like kind of calms you down. Calms it down. Yeah. Uh, like in terms, of whenever I'm working now to get me in the zone, I listen to like a lot of like motivational music or like uh, what's one song I'm really into right now? Oh, <laughs> uh, Hamilton the uh, the play. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Disney Plus. Are you kidding me? No, bro. There's one song in there what? where it's yeah, uh. It's a good play. Have you seen it's it? Have you great, seen that yet? It's a great play. Um, How many times have you seen it? Three times now? The whole thing. Really? Yeah, no, yeah. there's legit people I've met who like know every single word to every single song. And every the whole play is a song. Like it never once stops. Yeah. Um, it is constantly. You'll like it. It's on Disney Plus. You can watch oh, it. it. Yeah. Okay. yeah there's I a, need to see it because I keep hearing about it. Yeah. There's yeah. A, it's good. There's a song called Nonstop on it. And in that song... Uh, it's it's about when Hamilton just wrote all these papers. He was always running, and the song is, it's 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 like forgive my terrible voice, but 
why are you always why are you always writing like you're running out of time yeah. writing day and night like you're running out of time yeah. and i mm-hmm. just like that just like very motivational for me because mm-hmm. it's like damn like you know i gotta work like i'm running out of time i gotta like stuff like that helps yeah. me yeah. you know yeah. i don't i don't like listening to like people on that's social media it, exactly that's and it. i think that's what it is because for me like whenever i see motivational like i i can't someone doesn't motivate me by just speaking to me like people who like are on social media saying do this do that you know be this be that that's hard for me because one there's no you're not doing it in the rhythm and you're just talking to me and then i'm kind of like well who are you and so for me when i need to be motivated it's music it has to be music there's nothing or like a really dope ass maybe movie clip you know something like that but other than that that's i think how you get into that flow stage just like listening to like sound waves and you know feeling that and hearing in the lyrics and make me want to like push harder and push stronger so that's awesome um for people who are curious about maybe there's parents out there right now like dang like i want my kid you know to maybe learn how to play drums how can they how can they come in contact with you or how can they hire you to come and teach them how to play okay yeah um you can um, check me out at edsdrumlessons.com. So that's Ed. My name is Ed, short for Edward. Um, is there a double D on that or just one D? Just one D. Okay. Nice. And um, yeah, if you want to check out some bucket drumming videos, um, my Instagram is edwitty, E-D-W-I-T-T-Y. And if you're interested in lessons, yeah, online, in person, um, those are options. So, But it's all safe. Is there an age range that you do? Like, do you only work with, like, 4 to 14-year-olds, or is it all ages? Or Oh, yeah. Right now, I have 6 to 17. 6 to 17. That's my age range. Okay. Okay. 14-year-old, 13-year-old, 10, 10, and uh, 8, 8, and 6. Previous music experience required, or no? Um, oh, no, not required. Okay. Yeah. I'm good at getting, you know, beginners really motivated into something new, more comfortable, breaking nice, and then, um, you know, providing a customized set list that makes them have a good time, especially during these COVID times. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's good to have something that. What about intermediate players? Maybe some that have like some experience and they're, 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 they have the ability to drum, but maybe they just want to expand on their, on their skills. Do you also work with kids like that as well? Yeah. Um, uh, most of my, I mean, a lot, I said like about half of my students have done a little bit beforehand. Okay. That doesn't mean much. Doesn't mean you're intermediate. But yeah, if they're in like a high school jazz band, mm-hmm. um, I could help you out. But I haven't taught anyone in high school jazz band yet. But that's something you're capable of doing. I'm, I'm definitely capable of doing yeah. it. I know the sight reading um, and how to break down the song structures, count the bars, and all that. And, and high school jazz band drummers or jazz band drum, drummers in general, that's hard. That those are hard rhythms. I, I played in a jazz band in college as well, and there's always the drummers who were just like kind of struggling, but they got together. But it's, it's hard. Those are they're really hard rhythms, you know, and so that's awesome. Yeah, those are hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are really hard. Um, so, Ed, as a musician, what would you say are three of the most inspiring musicians that have influenced you to maybe want to do music or to become a musician? Or what are three musical artists that have really had impression on your life okay so it's kind of funny since i was young i always said these top three but like this is still when i was young like, it's, it's evolved right. since then but i'll start with these was a uh, sublime red hot chili peppers and rage against the machine nice. and the biggest thing about it is that they they're a, a synthesis mm-hmm. of cultures yep they put stuff together nothing's new under the sun mm-hmm. but we learn from each other and we create new ideas we're good at listening and we can expand our perspective and just all rise 
um that's all another topic but in general like the music that is created through it is so fresh and so original so from yeah. the heart and that's yeah. what we love about music so much they incorporated hip-hop into their into their songs yeah okay so rage against the machine they have hip-hop you know, Zach LaRocca is just rapping. He's yep. not on pitch. He's not singing melodies. Mm-mm. And he's like screaming, but he's got so much power and so much emotion. And there's so much truth behind it and, and political words and stuff. Right. And then there's, but there's metal beats to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And no one did that before. No but one. Ever since then, there were a lot of metal bands that rapped yep. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Papa Roach. Papa Roach. Yeah. I cut my life in two pieces. Yeah. This is my last resort. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All that stuff. And so um, they started that. And then like Sublime. Line. They uh, after that there was Pepper, um, and the love Pepper. There's a whole bunch, and there's Wheelan Brothers there, and yeah, you like Pepper? Uh, give it up. Oh, okay, <laughs> that reminds me of Give It Away. Uh, the uh, Pepper has a song called Give It Up, where mid song they stop it, and it's like a skit of like this guy coming home, and he hears like his girlfriend like having sex, and he opens the door. <laughs> And it's his dad having sex. He's like, Bo, what are you doing? He's like, oh, <laughs> sorry, son. And then, uh, and then the, the girl is like, oh, sorry. Thought it was you. <laughs> and, then, and then it goes into, why you gotta sleep with my dad? And then it goes back to the song. It's so dope. That's, that's Pepper. That's Pepper, man. Yeah, something that you usually wouldn't want to disclose you can do through a song. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's called Give It Up. You're jamming to, it's a dope song in mid. It's like a skit about his dad banging his girl. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, quick question about Sublime. Have you heard Sublime with Rome? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard uh, just a couple of them. I do, do you like it? Because I love... I yeah. would... A hot take for me is that I actually like Sublime with Rome more than original Sublime. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. That's a hot take, right? I know a lot of Controversial. people would would have the same exact reaction as you would. <laughs> but I don't know what it is about Rome, man. I just okay, he might I feel be like. Cool, but have you listened to all the Sublime songs? I have. I have. I gotta come over with the CDs and really show you. Anything. No, yeah. I mean, man. I know all the hits, and then I know some of their deeper cuts as well. It's just for me, I resonate more. And it's not that I'm not saying Rome is a better singer than uh, what's his name? Bradley. Uh, no, I'm not saying he's a better singer. And just comparing sub original sublime uh, music to sublime with Rome's new music. I just I I like sublime with Rome. You music. listened to sublime with Rome before regular sublime. No, no, no. I got into sublime first. Which songs did you know before you got into sublime with Rome? Uh, Santeria, Bad Fish, My Way, uh, Smoke Two Joints, The Summer One. Uh, I have the whole list. Um, okay, okay, okay. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with Sublime. I just, I've seen, and I've seen Sublime with Rome perform twice. Have you Secondhand Smoke? In the beginning of it, there's a horn, uh, like a saxophone solo in it, like really jazz style. The drummer's like flipping between jazz, reggae, punk, and rock. Um, Bradley Noel, when he's singing, every bar he switches up from like a really sultry type of uh, singing, mm-hmm. but then to like really emotional. Yeah. And, like rappers are now more into that, like getting into tones of voice and like yeah. Drake. Yeah. And he, he he did he started that. He has a, a song about KRS One. He learned how to rap from KRS One. They put so many elements together. It's crazy. And then all the reggae. <laughs> you got me heated with that one. <laughs> no, I know, and I've I've told that to other sublime fans and they all react the same way as you i just think i mean it's all about like (laughs) perception and stuff and for me it's just like i just really like sublime with rome's music i just you got to put me on to some of his stuff yeah he's the rome is also latino so he incorporates some like spanish into some of the songs he talks about some of the, the some latino things and 
for me, I just their last album was really good. Uh, I think it was called Blessings, and it was it was really good. And their uh, first album, Yours Truly, amazing. Um, that's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I'm biased. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge bias. It's like one of my first presents from my mom. That was mu- it was music related. So <laughs> was what was which album? <laughs> well, which, yeah, Secondhand Smoke. That one I was referring to. That one. Oh, okay. Secondhand Smoke. It's got a lot of ones you don't usually hear on the radio. You don't at all, actually. Yeah. Except for, um, yeah, you know, I'm looking at it right now. There, I think I only know like two, two songs from that because I know 40 Ounce of Freedom. I have sub the titled self titled album 26, 1992. Yeah. Yeah. The only one I know from this is Bad Fish and Legal Dub. That's it. No, so I definitely got to yeah, check more fish. of this one out. Yeah. And Bad Fish is like, that's one of the bigger ones. You Bad know? Fish is, yeah. Well, it's any song that's like played a lot. Um, can can be kind of annoying because it's been played so many times. I True. love Bad Fish, but I love Bad Fish. Yeah, I love Bad Fish too. That's <laughs> like the you know end of the party. Everyone you know have their last Winding drink, down. chill. Yeah. yeah, it's dope. Same with Wrong Way. I love Wrong Way. Like they were Sublime That's was the band of stuff. was the soundtrack of my stoner days when I was a stoner <laughs> in high school. Sublime and things like Revolution yeah. and um, Red Hot Chili Peppers were constant like song with constant artists in my rotation when i was a stoner like whenever i smoked up i had to listen to like you know smoke two joints or wrong way or um you know or santa i mean santa Maria was the first song i ever heard and i fucking love santa Maria. santa Maria is probably like for me top five greatest like rock songs of all time nice santa Maria is awesome yeah and then when it was on so guitar hero i love playing it <laughs> guitar hero he's raw that's one i can't uh on the set list for my drum students <laughs> yeah yeah he's got a lot of uh, yeah a lot of raw stuff um he's uh talking about guns and <laughs> about having sex with girls <laughs> doing drugs <laughs> but um yeah. what about hip-hop you got any top three in hip-hop that you grew up listening to any people that inspired you and um, oh yeah, hip hop. Oh yeah. So beyond the top three, then hip hop. Like I really like Tupac. Yeah. I mean, he's got so many good songs across so many albums that like yeah. it's hard to compete with that. And he's like he's got his own uh, style and so much soul and authenticity in his voice. He's like really just talking to mm-hmm. poet. And then yeah, poet. I really like E Forty. E Forty. E Forty. The Bay. Style and he he's doesn't so care unique, what right? About it. He's no. his own. Style. He he's, he said on one of the tracks, I used to rap in the day with Pac. Like that's how OG E Forty is because that's how long he's been in the game, man. Yeah, People yeah. don't know that, but E Forty is like really top ten. I don't care what no is one he? I think he should be in the top ten. This, I mean, the guy is just. Guy's a legend in the Bay. He, oh, to me, to me, he, he is a legend in the Bay. To me, he's like Mac. He's like up there with Mac Dre. Like, private. Yeah, he's I, probably surpassed him already by the, now. The, I don't know. The three goats of the Bay Area, and anyone from the Bay would tell you, is E Forty, Mac Dre, and Too Short. There that's, it is. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 hip hop royalty in the Bay Area. Um, Mac Dre's yeah, OG. I, I would say I like Mac Dre a little bit more than E Forty. What? But okay. Come on, man. That's Dizzle well, dance. Yeah, Mag- they kind of inspired each other. Yeah, no, yeah, for exactly. sure, for sure, for sure. I, I, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. But E40, uh, E40 was hyphy movement. Hyphy movement. Like, yeah. man, that was legendary. You know, I heard some song recently on the radio of this chick. She was rapping, and then she's like, oh, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a bring back hyphy. I'm like, did hyphy ever really leave? Like, 
I think it I don't know. I, it for sure didn't leave the bay. Uh, <laughs> you I, know, I get hypey every single damn day out there. Like, yeah. that's just, you know? I still use that word all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I say yeah. hyped up now. I guess. More. Yeah, it's it was it was dope, man. Okay. E four. So you got E four. You got Pac. Who else, man? I my rhymes. Yeah. yeah. Who, uh, who would be your third person that that kind of inspires you or that you really appreciate now? Oh, okay. So one of the most influential artists I think uh, in music history is James Brown. Okay. Okay. And cool. Like James Brown, yeah. I think, pretty much led the way for hip hop because he's, he freestyles. He just goes off. Like if you listen to recordings right. of his songs, he's not singing it the same each time. He he changes the flow of the um of the rhythm of the lyrics he's saying. Yeah. Just based on how he's feeling. It's improv. They didn't do that before then. They didn't do um like uh, he would cue. He would put a signal behind his back to cue the band for a different seg- segment of the song coming in. Mm. Before that, it was everything was scripted out. They would just Makes like sense. follow. Yeah. And they'd be like, what do you mean? You're giving me a cue. I'm following this. So he, that changed everything. It's more free-flowing. And I think, you know, things as things evolve with music, it'll be more like video-oriented and yeah. just having fun with music yeah. and everyday thing. You know, like songs are more like one verse now, so you can have like a, a novelty kind of track. Yeah. It's like something different. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck music. Let's make art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that's a lot, awesome. There's a lot of music that's very experimental nowadays, and there's artists who are kind of working with different kind of things. And that's what music is. It's always developing. It's always changing. People are always doing crazy different things, and at first they're kind of, you know, perceived as crazy for doing it, but then later it becomes a trend. So it's yeah. like it's like every genre that's ever existed. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, Ed, for thank you so much for coming on, bro. We thank really you, appreciate bro. it. I think we uh, I think we talked about a lot of great different things about music, the benefits of it, and you know, and uh. Yeah, guys, you know, during this pandemic, we're always finding uh, new things to learn. Pick up a $5 bucket. Get some drumsticks. Start practicing or start, just get some stress drumming, out man. with it, right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like, right. that'll help you. Just bang something, Start right? feeling the vibe. Yeah. Bang the drums. Yep. Check out my video on uh, Ed Witty Instagram. The handle's at Ed Witty. Perfect, um, sir. Yeah, it's bucket drum videos. I can show you how to make some music. Yeah. There you go, man. Okay, cool. All right, Santi, so uh, you always like to wrap it, wrap us up with a quote. Would you like to do so now? Yeah, man, we always try to end the show with a good quote, and today's quote goes like this. One good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is by hey. Bob Marley. Bob Marley, yes. shout out, man. So, Bob Hey, man, Marley. thank you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, thank you, Ed, man, for coming on our show, man. I appreciate it, man. I love you, and uh, I appreciate the, your time, man. We had some fun here yeah. in the morning. That was real. Yeah. It's the morning times. edition of the bonus room. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Oh, yeah. So with that, we would like to say goodbye and see you next time. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast, and remember to shoot a follow to the official Bonus Room Podcast Instagram at the Bonus Room Pod. And with that, farewell. See you guys next time. Take care. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you.